You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. After Thanksgiving, we are here live for our SmackDown post-game show. I am Michael Wiseman. He is Raj Geary. He is Matt Morgan, and we are ready to jump right in. Matt, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Good. Raj, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm, I'm still full, and these leftovers, are gonna, they're probably going to last the rest of the week. So, uh, hey, That's a good problem to have, though, huh? We, yeah, we had a full extra turkey uh, when everyone was done eating, so <laughs> we got a ton of leftovers. What about you, Matt? You, you hang out down there in Orlando? Do we hang out here in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, I say, did you, do, you hang, do you hang around town? Where are you? Where do you do for Thanksgiving? We eat around our table. <laughs> I just mean, do you have family in town? Uh, my mother um, yeah. stays with us six months out of the year. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, um, let's jump right into it tonight, guys. The Tonight's show, Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. And it opened up not with our typical Baron Corbin segment. It opened up with Roman Reigns coming out and saying how proud he was of the SmackDown locker room for winning on Sunday. Now, they didn't win Star Series match. They only won the multi-man match. Um, but Roman Reigns put them over in a big way. Matt, what did you think about this opening segment? It's a good way to try to hijack NXT's winning the entire pay-per-view, I thought. <laughs> um, that's immediately what I thought. Um, and just these are the things that don't make him endearing. Sure. It was, yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired from this full week. So if, if I miss something, let me know. But he was talking about SmackDown kicking ass. And he didn't really mention NXT until the crowd started chanting NXT, right? And then yeah. he said, oh, and NXT did good, too. It's like, they, they didn't just do good. They won the night. Um, and SmackDown didn't kick ass. He lost. He should have. Yeah. And if this was real battle of brand suppression and they actually gave a crap, which just goes to show you it's plugged in, it's fake, it's paint by numbers, it's not real, obviously. Um, he would have said the truth, and it would have got him more over, I thought, if he simply just said, you want to talk about you know, some talents being on our heels, boy, we got our blip handed to us and then some by NXT. Now, your boy here did his thing leading his team to victory, but we won't get into that. I'm proud of my team for what it's worth. But those NXT guys and gals, boy, they're on our heels. And you know what? It makes this brand better. It makes us the major leagues of professional wrestling. And can't know whether a company in this world touch us. What he mm -hmm. actually said, I think, was NXT didn't get the job done like we did. And then as the crowd was chanting NXT, he said, it's all good. We're all WWE, which my thought mm -hmm. to that was, if you're all WWE, why are you fighting for brand supremacy at a pay-per-view, right? It seemed to undermine the entire gimmick and what happened Sunday, I thought. Because they don't know. They, yeah. they literally do not know themselves. Sure. Well, that's what you've been saying for weeks, right? What does this rah-rah fighting for your brand actually mean? It's not right? real. Yeah. It ain't real. <laughs> So Roman Reigns coming out there trying to really put over the SmackDown locker room, how proud he is of his partner, Shorty G, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman. Um, he said, we had one dummy on our team. We know who it was. Q Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin comes out and cuts up a, a, a pretty decent promo. What do you think about that, Matt? Always. He always cuts good promos, I think. I think all his promos are always good. Yeah. Can he? Are you feeling the, are you feeling the character here, Raj? Are you into Baron Corbin? I feel like he has gotten so much better on the mic, uh, in the ring as well. It's just, it, it just wearing the crown and that, uh, you know, that robe. It just does not come across as main event level gimmick. He, he's basically where he was before they had him win King of the Ring. So why not have someone win King of the Ring that could actually boost their career as opposed to keep them at the same level that they're at? I mean, Corbin comes across as comical and not, uh, not any more serious for which you know he's a big guy, a legitimate athlete. I just feel like this uh, this gimmick's not doing him any. He doesn't need to good. wear it. He doesn't need to wear the damn scepter. He doesn't need to have the scepter, the cape, the crown. Just put it up there. 
like Seamus used to do it for a while, but then after a while they stopped. They would just flash it on the screen, King of the Ring winner. That's all it needs. We need to see. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like the, that's what Lesnar did. You know, other, Bret Hart did. They didn't wear the robe and and, and you know the, no. the crown after. I'm trying to think who won King of the Ring and wore the cape and the the crown and was a legit main eventer after that. I know main you know Mabel they had him in a main main event, but he wasn't a real. Payments is the last one I recall that went on to then win a title, um, but like it wasn't the whole time. Like he did it for like the first few weeks, I want to say, maybe a month, maybe a couple months at most. But then they dropped it, and he would rightfully so. They just have it under his name, which is all we need. Mm-hmm. King of the Ring 2019 winner. That's all we need to see. Well, yeah. and I think it cheapens it too because all of Corbin's stuff, and I think Corbin has the potential to be a great talker, but the promos they've written for him in recent weeks have been so corny, and him being dressed up on top of cutting corny promos, yeah. I think undermines the entire credibility of, of this shtick. Mm-hmm. So. I'm right there with you. So Corbin was challenged by Reigns to a match tonight, settle their differences. Corbin says, no, you know what? Let's not do this. I got somebody better for you. Cue Robert Roode and Roman Reigns. So we got Robert Roode, Roman Reigns to kick off SmackDown. Um, This was a pretty long match, Matt. What'd you think? Um, Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it was a good match. I can't crap on it, right? I just, if I didn't have to do the show tonight, I would have watched it. I, did I it do something for Robert Roode here? Yeah, yeah, and and he's a friend, right? So you watch your friends' matches and you text them how you thought you did, you know, things like that to help them, you know. But I'm putting myself in the fan shoes. I don't know if I would have stuck around the entire time. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, I would have. You know, if I DVR'd it, I would have probably just fast-forwarded yeah. through it. Uh, you know, again, a, a different time. Bobby Roode was booked differently. Yes. Uh, this could have been a, a big pay-per-view match. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, how he's been used uh, since he's been on the main roster. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always tough when you know who's going to win. You know, like, there's no doubt. And and when you go long on top of that, when when the winner is kind of a formality, it, it, it yeah. It does point, though, once again, we got to put it over. Roman Reigns getting somebody else over again with his work again. Guy doesn't get credit for it, man. No matter what he does. I don't know why. Roman's great. And, uh, you know, anyone we talk to, he's a a genuine locker room leader. Uh, You know, everyone respects. I have not heard anyone say a bad word about him. Even, you know, Enzo Amore, who he kicked off the bus. You know, when we interviewed him, he, he only had positive things to say about Roman. So. Well, I think he is getting a better reception for his in-ring work now than he was a year ago. But when Um, they reports on other, I shouldn't be, I'm not trying to plug other sites, but you you read other stuff, they don't do it like they they would report on, let's say, I'm not comparing to Daniel Bryan, but like not many talents can get their, not only their opponent over, but themselves over in a match. It's hard to get another opponent over when the other opponent doesn't win. And he consistently can has, has shown he can do that. And he's supposed to be the body guy of the shield, if you remember. He wasn't supposed to be work rate boy and getting other talents over with his in-ring work. And he has been doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it mm-hmm. consistently now, I would say. And he does not get that, that, that credit. He gets what you just said as far as credit goes. Oh, this is how WWE should have been booking him without shoving him down our throats so much. Um, we like this Roman right here in the middle of the card somewhere, intercontinental level-ish. Um, he's not being shoved down our throats. Yeah, we like this Roman. That's about as much credit as he gets. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, you know, I think he's he's a great worker, has some great matches. Also, I think it helps, too, tonight that uh, Bobby Roode, Robert Roode, is so great out there as well. If you followed him in TNA, if you followed him in yeah. NXT, he had the opportunity to go and do stuff like this. And tonight they let him do – he kicked out of a, of a Superman punch, right? He looked very credible out there. And yes. I really enjoyed all of that. I thought that was very big, his yeah. kicking. I, I should have said that. That was very big, him kicking out of the Superman punch. Yeah. So they gave these guys a good I, I 25 minutes, it seemed like, out there. Uh, people have pointed out, though, it does end. There was a big brawl at the end. Um, Robert Roode tried to take out Roman Reigns with the scepter. Uh, they kind of fought back and forth. Roman Reigns got a hell of a knock against Dolph Ziggler with the stairs, which just looked incredible. Um, but at the end of the day, Roman Reigns got the upper hand, beat down Robert Roode, beat down Dolph Ziggler, and literally buried Robert Roode underneath an announce table. Raj, what would you think about this post beat down post-attack segment? 
I mean, it, it it was done well. I mean, I, I thought the the table spot was kind of cool. They you know they usually don't do that, so it was it was a little different. I was fine with it. I just thought this this whole thing went on way too long yeah. for what you knew was going to happen. Do you think this adds, Matt? I got to ask you this because you're kind of talking about Roman Reigns and him and all his great work. Does this add to his cool factor for the fans? Like, do you think him going kind of uh, ape shit at the end here is good? What was the response in the arena? It seemed like they were they were pretty positive. We got a lot of cheers, but WWE sometimes they pipe in audience noise. It's hard to tell. On a live show, they pipe in noise too. That's what I've heard. No, no, no. no. Okay. No. Um, um, pipe in noise is the wrong. They play with the level sometimes. Let's just throw that one out there. It's hard to get a read for it at home. Uh, they'll do it on the tape show, like from the UK yeah. and stuff like that. Live, it's it's kind of you know it's kind of tough to do. I mean, you could turn down the crowd audio a little, but you, you're not. Yeah, you can't pipe, pipe it in. Noise. You can't okay. pipe it in. Piping the noise is the wrong thing. Sometimes they monkey with the levels, it seems like, or that's what I've heard. That's what it's – anyway, go ahead. Yeah. What's your take here, Matt? Well, when I worked there, they couldn't do that. They did it sure. on our show on SmackDown, however, when we were taped. I do remember gotcha. that. Yeah. Um, but um, my judgment's always like the fans right then and there in the arena. That, that was always my barometer. That's always my gauge. Um, so I, I didn't think they were – I didn't think it was anything big for them, honestly. Yeah. I didn't think they felt like, oh, wow, here's freaking Arthur Fonzarelli of 2019. <laughs> no, I did not get that. Yeah. Sure. And, and I will say the, the one time that they used to really pipe in uh, crowd noise was when they would do the Goldberg chants at WCW. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, we came back from a break here. Robert Roode got stretched away. Announced him. I thought did a great job of putting this over. And then we got kind of the story for the night, which was this tease that Daniel Bryan was going to – let Bray Wyatt in. Um, Bray Wyatt had multiple Firefly Funhouse segments tonight, um, but it was kind of our, our, our chorus of the night was, is Daniel Bryan going to let Bray Wyatt in for a championship rematch here? Um, what do you guys think about this kind of thread throughout the night, Matt? Daniel Bryan, he's been there before. Thoughts on Firefly Funhouse? <clears throat> um, mm, it was good. It yeah. was good, I guess, right? Um I love the matchup of these two in the ring once the bell rings, right? Yeah. Um, just worry about how they get there, you know? And from the storyline reasoning, it, it makes no sense for Daniel Bryan to get a rematch. He, 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 he's been getting punked every week. He got he, alive. Yeah, he got beaten. It was, you know, not completely one-sided, but fairly one-sided for a title match. Uh, and you know what? I just looked this up. Daniel Bryan has not won a singles match on TV since uh, July. And, and I think he, before that, uh, it's when he was WWE champion. So uh, they need to, you know, build him up, give him some wins because, I mean, people love him, but his reactions are not near as loud as they were uh, even a year ago no, as a babyface. They're not. So this, you know, this heel turn and kind of quasi babyface turn because he wasn't the guy that ran over Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's just, it just kind of cooled him off. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and the tease here, of course, we were advertised coming in that there was going to be a new member of the Firefly Funhouse tonight. We did not get that at the opening of the segment, and we'll talk more about the ending there. Mustafa Ali, Drew Gulak, got a few minutes to work, a little showing for Ali. Um, I thought I gave both these guys a good chance to be out there and do their thing for just a brief amount of time, Matt. Feelings on the match? Short, obviously, but um, I think Gulak, believe it or not. Again, my eyes always go to him. Um for whatever reason, I just maybe it's his character. Yeah, but they did a little bit more with him, obviously, because I like him. But yeah, what do you do with these guys after this, Matt or Raj? Either one. Nothing. I don't think this was anything. I think this was just them to fill some time and get two young guys on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the problem with Ali that we keep seeing is that they keep giving him these brief pushes, and then he's forgotten about for a month. Um, you know, I, I say. If you're going to push him, give him a sustained push, you know, and uh, maybe a run with the, what title is it now on, the, on SmackDown? It's the Intercontinental? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, they were going to do the Ali feud with Nakamura, maybe move in that direction, but, you know, definitely just don't forget about him again like you keep doing. I would love to see more from Drew, Drew Gulak as well. I think he's a great talent. He's He's good on the mic. He can do funny things that are different than the rest of the roster. This PowerPoint thing is silly, but it works for him. Um I'd love to see more of him as well. Maybe he gets a run at some point. Yeah. Cut to commercial. 
come back and we have Bailey and Sasha Banks coming out um, because they are going to address the women's division and what I would consider a very different, um, a very different promo from from what was cut earlier in the night from Roman Reigns. So they put over how bad the women's division was on Sunday. And eventually, um, Lacey Evans comes out and uh, she gives Sasha Banks the old one-two punch. Um, we've had a lot of complaints, Matt. Uh, Raj, you ready to jump in here, man? What you got? What complaints? Uh, complaints about Bailey and her character in recent weeks, right? Uh, yeah. And we've had those complaints here on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts on this segment here and, and them attacking that women's division? Well, what was wrong? Time out. What was wrong with that though? Isn't that her job to draw heat? No, I, this was no, no, no. I'm not saying I have complaints with this segment. Oh. I'm saying we had complaints. Bailey's heel turn. Yes. Oh, in general, two different things. I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, I apologize. Uh, tonight, what they did tonight was exactly what they should be doing. You know, and blaming one another. That's what heels do. They never sure. own up to why they lose a match. Hell no, that doesn't make a heel a heel. That's a babyface type crap. They, they should be blaming everybody else. No, no accountability whatsoever. That's a good heel. Um, and Lacey Evans, man, I hope they realize what they got with her. I wonder sometimes. She's a she's a great character. So is Sasha. I hate what they've done with Sasha since she's come back. You know, it was exactly what I was afraid of that she came back with a ton of steam. And now she's just kind of back to where she was before she left, you know, just kind of there. But the way they do it, I'm telling you right now, they think they're not by making her like the captain or making her walk out in front of everybody else and little things during Survivor Series and things like that. They think that's the push. And that's like the the jet pack. I swear to God. that's how. Yeah. It's like, no, okay, not just to go out there and lose. No, you have to finish this push a la a freaking win. Yeah, or a title. She should be holding the title, not Bailey. Definitely. I thought it was interesting, too, they were positioning Lacey here as more of the good guy. You know, she, she kind of was the opposite of yes. Becky over on Raw. Do you think she plays better on the good guy side of things? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> she will one day, though, because she's an American hero. And okay. Mm-hmm. Play off of that, poof, big time. But she's not there yet. She's not ready for it. The fans aren't ready for it yet. Yeah. And when they are, I hope they have the patience, this company, to let her develop slowly and keep doing what she's doing. Not keep doing what she's doing, but give her people to steamroll over, I should say, along the way. And just like the Braun Strowman push gimmick, you know, give it the slow crescendo. Yeah, and I think right now, I, right now, I think they're miscast. I think Lacey Evans is miscast as a babyface, and and Bailey's miscast as a heel. Bailey's a natural babyface; her heel turn sucks, and uh, Lacey is just so good at that heel character. Like, get your mileage out of it before you turn her babyface. Yes, and I think Lacey, I, I think her Southern Belle charm thing was was fine on Raw, but I think she has the potential to break out if they tone that down a smidge and let her lean into just being more. Americana, you know, she represents America. She's not a Southern Belle. She is just America. It reminds me, you guys watch Glow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Liberty well, Bell. Liberty Bell. Right? That's what I think of when I see Lacey Evans is she would be great in that kind of, not even, not so the cheesy component out of it, but just, Matt's right. She's an American hero on her own right. We don't need a Southern Belle gimmick to get her over, I feel like. Especially her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after this, um, she... Uh, Liberty Bell, I'll call her, knocks out Sasha Banks. Um, and then we get backstage, Daniel Bryan walking around thinking about if he's going to join. And <laughs> Firefly Funhouse segment number two. This was Bray Wyatt trying to convince Daniel Bryan was the Muscle Man segment. Raj, Muscle Man segment, is that your cup of tea? I, I love it. I, lo- I love the Muscle Man segment. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think these guys were, you know, in the nexus together when you yeah. when you when you go back, but <laughs> you know, um, and how far they've come. But uh, I always forget that that Husky Harris was, yeah, he was. Yeah, that's what the pig character in in Firefly Funhouse is yeah. is a spoof of. Yeah. Um, they, I, yeah, I thought this was entertaining. I always get a kick out of Bray, um, and Daniel Bryan's great too. They just need to get him some wins and. Again, why do, who wants to see a rematch when Daniel Bryan just gets his ass kicked over and over? The babyface just keeps getting his ass handed to him. Yes. I'm just wondering how many conspiracy theories on Reddit are we going to have tomorrow morning about the reptilians and them taking over, right? Like this is it's part of the Muscle Man segment here called about the reptilians. We had weird segments with food, Husky Harris trying to lose weight. Um, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre way to go out. So what did I miss? Because he said he was going to debut a new character tonight. Was that the, the belt? 
So we did have a belt in the first segment um, where the Fiend had his own belt with the Fiend's face on it. In this segment, we had Husky Harris, the pig, I guess, being back here. Um, I think that's what happens at the end here, Raj. So we'll, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. I think they're teasing it for next week is what it seems like. <clears throat> um, yeah. After the commercial, we got Nikki Cross versus Sonya Deville. Our, um, and, you know, short match again. But at the end, of course, we had the run-in. Um, the returning Alexa Bliss back on SmackDown here to save her friend Nikki Cross. And it seems like they're genuinely friends again. Um, Matt, what did you think about the match? Very short. What did you think about the the post-match segment? It would have been – there's no reason for her to be healed because there's, they've got Sasha and Bailey stuck in those spots at the moment. Sure. And another reason why Bailey should go back to being babyface, honestly, because Alexa Bliss is a badass heel. She's a great heel. I think she's one of the better ones in the women's division. Absolutely. Um, she's a little shit star. She is. <laughs> she's really good at it. She gets under people's skin, man. She's a good heel. Um, I don't like the babyface stuff with Nikki Cross in her. I just don't. It was weird that they like they were just friends again when it seemed like for so long that she'd been picking on her, right? Well, let's hope the turn comes somewhere in here for Alexa, for Alexa Bliss's sake because her career is, as in my opinion, has been on the A level. It has. For the most part, limited championship she's won, and big spots and opportunities she's been in, and done very well and exceeded most expectations by far. But it's always been as a heel, and I, you do have to be able to have some balance and be able to pull off both. But I always felt Nikki dragged her down in her babyface attempt here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always seemed like the story was eventually leading to, you know, Alexa be- being back to being a heel. You know, uh, Nikki figures it out that she's been being duped this whole time and Alexa's been using her. Yeah. They never got there. And uh, again, it's uh, Alexa's baby face. It just, eh. yeah. she's she's a great heel. Nikki Cross here, I thought she looked good. She got the win. Um, and, and so I'm happy to see her get a little momentum. I'd love to see her do them do more with her moving forward, especially in that women's division on SmackDown. Let me ask you guys something, because I, I, I've never understood the Nikki Cross push. I, I know it's not like a dick. I don't mean it to be, but and you know what I mean? I'm being serious, though. Like when I see so many of these other women that are so damn talented in that division not get the same kind of love that she gets. It's frustrating because as a work as a wrestler, former wrestler, I think I don't know that she's taken up a slot that could go to someone else that would do I, I my opinion more with it. She, Nikki's exceeded expectations, but to be fair, her expectations really weren't that high. Mm. From remember when she first came in, she wasn't part of sanity. And we're like, oh damn, she's done. So she's been able to really do a great job from what our low expectations were. That doesn't make it okay to take that slot from somebody else who we do have high expectations from. That's not like look at like there's so many other people. Like what, what shows Mandy Rose on right now? What the freak? What the hell happened to her? What happened? You know what I mean? She's money, money, and I, like that's just one of, of 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 these women in these divisions that I think could be utilizing that slot a hell of a lot better. That's my two cents. I'm the only one that I've seen think this way for the most part most i know fans love nikki cross glenn loves himself (laughs) shut up about her i agree with you matt and i think uh i think a lot of that love for nikki cross is just the nxt thing that she was a star in nxt and people have a uh you know a uh a fondness for you know their favorite nxt stars and and you know nikki she was really cool in sanity i I really like that character that the crazy added to them actually she helped them yeah absolutely but now just as this you know good friend of Alexa bliss it's it's not near as exciting when you guys saw the survivor series team walk out be honest did you look at the whole team who like to me nikki stuck out like she shouldn't have been part of that group well matt that's the whole thing that's the whole <laughs> character well guess what i could pick the lady out of the front row and throw her in there too it doesn't make it okay <laughs> Well, you're undermining my argument here, Matt. This is all I got for you. Because she's different looking. Isn't that what we want? Well, that's, you know, I I see what you're saying. And I I think Mandy Rose, there's no discredit here because fantastic. She's got star written all over. Absolutely. But I think she works hard, too. She does. You know, the different. Go ahead, Rush. Well, I was going to say Rhea Rhea Ripley is different, you know, looking, too. But she comes. She's a star. She looks like a star. You can be different and look like someone that's important. There you go better word there you go 
There he goes. Why is Nikki Cross out here? Nobody knows. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I say. But, uh, I, and, and again, Mandy Rose, absolutely. I can see Alexa, a 7 a.m. gamer in the chat room says, I can see Alexa turning on Nikki or vice versa. They sure are taking their time and getting there. <laughs> Months. This is the longest build since Brett and Owen back in, what, 93? Well, it's like, who knows if they even get there. Remember with Sasha and Bailey when they were teasing that for like a year? <laughs> they never did it. They could have, they, they, those two together, like, damn, they had a license to print money. Yeah. F that up somehow. <laughs> After the match, um, we got yet again Daniel Bryan. A conscience in turmoil backstage. Um, this time, the Miz, right? The Miz comes up. These guys, of had, he did. <laughs> these guys had words last week. And, and Raj, you mentioned the Husky Harris connection to NXT. It's important to say here the Miz said, I'm not your mentor, Daniel Bryan, even though 10 years ago, he absolutely was Daniel Bryan's mentor on NXT. Um, thoughts here, Matt, on the Miz trying to convince Daniel Bryan to not let Bray Wyatt in? I don't like it. It makes no. It just seems so random. It, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, don't you get what he just said? Like, like Michael just said, you know, don't you get it though? He was he was his coach on NXT ten years ago. <laughs> Brian hated his ass then too. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is. It's funny because they put him in these predicaments where he looks like a prick. <laughs> They're like sick for his soup and just you know begging him to please listen to some of my information and my advice I want to give you. And Daniel Bryan wants to kick his head clear off his shoulders. He hates this guy. Like if Miz was crossing a crosswalk, I don't think Daniel Bryan would slow down. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should have listened to me on NXT. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So, so I don't know where this is going. If this is going to break killing Brian again, then Miz coming in to, you know, defend Brian and leads to a Miz Bray Wyatt feud. Uh you know, temporarily, you know, for some to give Bray something to do until, you know, after the Royal Rumble. Um I don't know. Or if is Miz gonna turn on Daniel Bryan? The Miz is so much better as a heel as I well. Just, I just feel insulted for Daniel Bryan that they very feel the need to saddle him with this. He don't need this. He's Daniel F. and Bryant. Your job, writers, are to write for him to win matches, Mm -hmm. but back up. It won't take long if you do it right. Mm -hmm. Okay? And he's good to go. Yeah. Doesn't need doesn't need Miz. And I don't think the Miz needs this either. I mean the Miz Miz could do so much and just being saddled with this weird kind of partner storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see people watching these backstage segments and being intrigued or interested or anything. And and you got a great talker in the Miz and one of the best in Daniel Bryan. And Miz really, not, we're not trying to discredit him with the Miz. I mean, we put him over all the time. He, he's so damn talented, right? Mm-hmm. He's improved immensely as well. But it doesn't fit here. I think every fan at home, maybe I'm wrong, is when they watch these segments to answer your question, Russ, I think they're sitting there saying the same thing we just said, going, what the hell is he doing in there? Like, <laughs> like, no way, Miz. Daniel Bryan hates you. <laughs> well, in the Miz, too, he's an independent guy, right? Like, his whole thing is he thinks everybody else is beneath him. Why is he trying to cheer up Daniel Bryan, and why does he care about the Fiend at all? <laughs> so Sucking him in. He's rope-a-dope. He's rope-a-doping him. Don't you right. <laughs> So no, we I, got our yeah, only return of the I night. <laughs> what was that? Rope-a-doping? Is that a phrase? Yes. Rope-a-dope. I don't know that I've heard that. Muhammad Ali used to rope yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. Um, so we got the return of the night. Um, Dana Brooke standing backstage. That's right. Batista's BFF, uh, Dana Brooke, and Drake Maverick standing around. And who comes out but Elias? Elias returns in a brief segment backstage. This guy is coming back. Um, I, I was disappointed by this return, Raj. I thought they could have done so much more with this. Yeah, he was just there. Uh, he, he had been injured. Uh he said his excuse was he's been on a spiritual journey. Um, we'll see. But, I mean, there were, Alexa Bliss returned tonight, too. And they had that Seamus promo, uh, yeah. which I thought was actually really good. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think bringing Elias this way, it, it just kind of pegs him down down the ladder. Yeah, Seamus is coming back, Matt. I mean, I thought that was a very effective promo. He's going to come back as a singles wrestler, it seems like. What yeah. should they do with Seamus? I do not know because when Seamus came in, it depends on what level they they use him as. Um, he was a man, a perennial man of mentality, a former yeah. champion, right? Can't mm-hmm. take that away. Um, but now, like, I don't want to say it's, it makes him sound old, and I don't mean it to sound this way, but 
the business has passed him by a little bit, if you will. The speed of the matches, the speed of the workers, the work rate of the workers. Not that he he's not good, but it's a different style of wrestling today. Maybe that's what helps him stick out more because he's very physical. He's very physical, so maybe that makes him stick out. I hope it does. I'm a fan of him, um, but I don't know. I don't know what they what level they book him as. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Is it the right direction to pair up or take apart the pairing of Cesaro and Sheamus? They tore that one kind of apart. Tag Team Division on SmackDown, I think, could use a little bit more depth. Um, do you think they should still be together? I always thought they were corny as a tag team. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I did. I thought they put two singles guys together that did their thing, uh-huh. making it work the best they could. Um, they were solid as a tag team. I just was never entertained by it. Yeah, I felt like they got they got everything out of that tag team. I, you know, towards the end when you were seeing them together, it was just uh, it's like oh, there they are. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see where they go with Sheamus. Uh, being a singles again does give him a you know kind of a coat of fresh paint. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I gosh, I keep saying these guys should be heel, but uh, Sheamus most effective as a heel as well during his WWE run. So yes, yes, very good bully heel too. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting comments too about the work rate, Matt. I hadn't thought about that. Except when NXT chased him away backstage and he ran away. Remember? <laughs> over on one of the shows and he ran away like screaming. I was That's like, oh, he, he's done. <laughs> well, Cesaro can't be paired with Sheamus anymore because the New Day were out there tonight. They had their open challenge for the tag team titles. They cut a promo about Black Friday. They mentioned that they had been born on Black Friday, or Big E said this. Is that true, Raj? Do you know? Did these guys, did they first debut on Black Friday? Or was it just a one liner? Do you know? Well, the SmackDown wasn't on on Fridays back then. So, oh, that's true, I guess. <laughs> You're missing something else here. Well, it, it was on Fridays. Was it? Are you sure? Because it. No. no, no. no. Well, it yeah. was on Fridays before it went back to. And I don't understand something. I just presume it's a joke like that. I'm not paying attention to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I come on here and hopefully you guys explain it to me. Well, we don't need yeah, to know yeah. in this case. All I know is that Nikki Cross is bad. So that's my takeaway from <laughs> <laughs> No, so they opened up an open challenge. Yeah, it, it, so people are bringing up that it was on Fridays a long time ago. When the New Day were formed, uh, they were on, I believe they were on Thursday nights, not quite on Tuesday nights yet. On okay. Friday, like after I was done with SmackDown. <laughs> like 2011, <laughs> 2012 before it went back to usa i think it was on anyway it doesn't matter um we come out here who answers the open challenge but cesaro and shinsuke nakamura um and they give these guys about 10 minutes to uh challenge for the tag team titles but the new day comes out on top um raj you know we we got a little brief tag team title match spotlight both teams what does this do for uh cesaro and shinsuke Uh, it it just felt like it was a way to put them on the show it was really random you know uh, you know putting them together tonight um, I hate I hate what they're doing with Kofi Kingston. He was WWE champion just just uh, you know a month and a half ago, and he's back to where he was a year ago. I, I'd like to see a lot more from him. Big E, it's a broken record now on this podcast, but he should be a, a big time single star. Uh, I think they need to break these guys up. I think they need to get you know go with Big E, give him a big singles push, have a you know feud with him and Kofi for a while, and and then have Big E in that title picture. Um, so, I, again, I know it sounds like a broken record, but New Day, they've been together too long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, this was, again, a time filler here. There were some cool spots in the match. Of course, the referee had to kick out Sami Zayn at one point to a, a big crowd reaction. Um, that move off the top where Big E, it was like the the neutral – when he had him on his shoulders, but then Kofi Kingston came down with the double stomp. I don't Do you know what that's called? It was impressive as hell. I don't – I mean, that's the double stomp that Del Rio used to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, Finn Balor. So, um, yeah, it was, a, I mean, you know, again, brief match here, just a spot on the card. Um, I just don't know that I'm convinced by this Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, um, Sami Zayn pairing, Matt. What about you? I think they're trying to maximize Sami Zayn. Don't, hmm. I don't think it's a good idea to spread him so thin like that. The guy's a miracle worker. I don't know if he's that big of a miracle worker. <laughs> I think he's good for Nakamura. Yeah. Um, keep them together as their own thing. Don't be put them in mismatch tag teams. Takes less important. It makes them look less important. I think. I, I feel like Cesaro has never felt less important than he kind of does right now. <sighs> They've just been wasting him and wasting. I, I didn't recognize him at first when he came out tonight. It took me a second because he, he had shaved the. You know, he's like really trimmed the beard, uh, and I was like, wait, wait, who is that? I was like, oh dang. What do you? 
remember I, I said this to you guys a while back like as a talent in this position what do you do you're getting on tv still but you know you're not they're not using you anywhere near towards your capabilities so like oh you know what maybe i'm still they keep saying I don't, i'm missing it so i'm going to change my look i'm going to come out with a friggin' mohawk next week and that's gonna be it and then next week i'll come out with purple you know and yellow trunks maybe that's it and then next week i'm going to come out you know what i mean and and I don't know what else the guy's supposed to do. I'd say go to NXT. Can I ask you a question, Matt? You've been on the road with these guys. No, no questions. (laughs) Not about Nikki Cross. No, I'm just curious for a guy like Cesaro, who was out there on TV, but not getting the kind of the push we all think he deserves. Is there a feeling as a talent that if I just had one breakout moment, one breakout segment, the fans get behind me, that I could be just a moment away from being in that top spot, kind of like what happened to Kofi Kingston earlier this year? Or are you just in the day-to-day grind so much that you don't think about it? No, you do think about it as far as when you get to the arena and you yeah. see where you're at on the card and who you're working with and what's going on. I always generally knew what was coming up down the pike, though. I was always in conversations either with Vince himself or, or, or the writers and I and creative, rather, and I always knew like what was coming up. So I was never like really too caught off guard um, with what was coming up, right? And then at least I can have it in my head weeks in advance or, you know, days in advance and whatnot and try to make the best of what I could. Yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Then, the only time that would come up is when I remember Jim Ross sat me down once and he's like telling me to come up with other ideas um, and send them to creative. And I was like, they don't really pay attention to them for what it's worth. They don't <laughs> listen to them. So send them to me. So I did. And um, so you do little things like that, I guess. Yeah to try to control your destiny somewhat you know but you never know when the old man's gonna take it to something that you just randomly do in the job in a match that you didn't think it would happen in either it could be a random squash match for crying out loud and something hits he's <laughs> like ah, why don't wearing a pink jock strap on his face next week it's gonna be amazing <laughs> like that crazy i think that the thing with cesaro and the problem with cesaro and it's 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 an ugly truth that people never want to say because they really like him as a worker is he just that personality the charisma just isn't there and you can only go so far on the main roster without it that's why i think in nxt you can you can get away with it you you don't have to have uh, a, a great personality it helps you know someone like the velveteen dream really stands out because of that but um he just doesn't have that, you know, great charisma to where if he had the right gimmick or something that, that could cover that up, but he hasn't they found that lot, either. They've done lots of gimmicks with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Velveteen, but Velveteen's almost the exception to the rule down at NXT these days for being that kind of huge personality and over the top character. Um, I'd, say, I'd say Adam Cole as well. Yeah. 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 So um, New Day wins that match. Uh, they celebrate with their tag team titles afterwards. Um, Bray Wyatt comes out or is, announces that he, um, sa- you know, he said, I'm going to tell you guys we are going to have a new member. Um, they advertise this. And so uh, Chris Mott in the chat room says, have Cesaro be like Wardlow. Put him with a smaller guy and let him be his bodyguard. Maybe do it with like a 205 Live guy where okay. he's like, yeah. you'd really stand out there. Uh, so um, Daniel Bryan comes out and says, you know what? Basically cuts a promo saying, hey, guys, I wasn't sure about this going into this match with um, The Fiend. At Survivor Series, but you know, you guys got behind me, and I thought the Yes Movement was dead. It's not dead anymore. Um, yes Movement starts back up. Um, Bray Wyatt interrupts him. Or the Firefly Funhouse segment says, "I promise you guys a new member," and then emerges in the ring to take Daniel Bryan below the ring and comes back up with handfuls of hair. Raj, you asked earlier about what we're going to get a new member tonight. Does this mean we're going to see the return of Buzzcut Daniel Bryan? I hope not. I always felt like he was the biggest star when he had the long hair and the big beard. Um, I don't. I, I, they're just doing everything to Daniel Bryan to to bring down how over he was. I feel like. So I don't know. You know, uh, the fiend, the barber, beefcake. I guess is what we're getting. Here's the thing, though, Raj. He's in such a spot right now. He'll walk away. Yep. If he felt that that was really happening, that they were purposely trying to. Get, what, get back at him for making the fans revolt against him and completely humiliate the entire company, which was awesome. Yeah, um, he would. What, he, he would sense that he's a smart guy, and he'd say, "Go after yourself." Bye, I'm good. And I don't think they're purposely doing it. Um, oh. Yeah, I, th- I think they just they just are. It's just WWE booking, like they you know we saw what happened with Seth, for, you know, all summer until 
finally the, he was he had turned himself heel, even though they were booking him as a baby face. What so, an accomplishment when you really think about it. Like, yeah. you know, things that we've said were impossible at one point. Now we don't say that. Fans, yeah. if, you show, <laughs> if you go back and watch like three years ago, we were saying things like, there's no way they can F up Nakamura. There's right. no way. There's no way. He has yeah. a cool entrance. He doesn't need to speak uh, fluent English. Without we don't we don't need it. He's yeah. that good in the ring, folks. Uh, what's his name? He said the same thing about uh, what's his name? Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. It's touchable how great yeah. his gimmick is. Even Vince, the right creative team, can't get a hold of it and mess it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then now we don't say those things anymore. Yeah. Like, because now I'm like, they shouldn't bring Velveteen Dream up. <laughs> I'm worried what they'll do to him. <laughs> they are so darn talented at screwing things up. They have done the impossible. They're now doing it to Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. The man who blows roof after roof after roof. Just clear off the arena he wrestles. He used to wrestle in. Mm-hmm. And they manage to, you know, simmer him down. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we don't, I mean, maybe Daniel Bryan wants to go back to the bus. There could be a lot of reasons for it, but it does seem like sometimes they write these segments as though they don't know the characters they're writing for. Doesn't it? Just You should be fired on the spot if you don't know how to write. You can't wait for Daniel Bryan's character. Yeah. And he's so, one you don't need to write for. You just tell him, you know, just be like, hey, know. cut a promo on Bray Wyatt. Go. You got eight minutes. Yeah. They're pros, especially him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta let so a pro. Gotta let a pro be a pro. You don't go out there. Let's say you hire somebody to like to, to cut your cut your lawn. You're not going out there and talking to him in the middle of and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to take over right here. I'm going to do this." No, <laughs> he's a pro at what he does. You get the freak out of his way. Let him do his thing. Yeah. So uh, the show ends with the fiend coming back up from the ring, clumps full of hair in his hand. Um, that's the end. There was no new character. Uh, it looks like we're getting Daniel Bryan versus the Fiend Part Two <laughs> TLC. I'll assume. Yeah, I mean, you know, December is usually the worst month for WWE because it's kind of that that transition period between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble where they don't want to do anything yet. They want to get the Royal Rumble start stuff started in January, so it's just kind of, you know, rematches and yeah, exactly, the holidays. So they're not doing anything important this month. So it's just kind of like running on a treadmill. I think you're going to see a lot of rematches and stuff on this uh, uh TLC. Yeah. Although the the girls match I'm looking forward to the TLC. I think that's going to be crazy barbaric for some reason. Yeah, Becky and Charlotte against uh, Kabuki <laughs> yeah. Warriors. Yeah, that should be going to surprise us big time. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have Starcade on Sunday, but what's what, what are we predicting the matches for? You know, Daniel Bryan, The Miz, you mentioned the women's match. What are the matches that we think we're going to get at TLC? Uh, well, they're going to have Lashley and, and Rusev. Um, Baron so Corbin. They're do a part two, you assume, because they're doing that on Sunday at Starcade. Yeah. The, the main event. I, I don't know if they're showing. Are they showing that match on TV? Um, I hadn't heard otherwise, but it seemed like it was being advertised, right? I don't know. I thought they only. Well, it's only an hour long special, so they can't put everything on there. You're right. Yeah, I think last time they only had two matches. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, and then Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, which I don't know. That just doesn't sound like a. <laughs> <laughs> you know. For all the build that they've been doing, it's it's. I can't wait for that one to be over. And I like both. You know, I love Roman. I think he's great, and I I think Corbin's got all the potential in the world. Yeah. So I think SmackDown show tonight not the worst ever. I thought it was entertaining enough to get us through. A lot of times these holiday shows they'll take the nut off, but um, you know they move. It wasn't the greatest. Wasn't the worst. Kind of in between, I'd say. Yeah. So we had two news stories we wanted to lead off with here before we get off tonight. Oh, Matt, you got to hear this. I, I really want to hear your thoughts on the, okay, the AEW with, stuff. We'll start with the softball first, the Brock Lesnar story. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll tease the other one out here for a second. Brock Lesnar off WWE TV until the Royal Rumble build, it looks like. We will not be seeing our WWE Universal champ, our WWE champion back until uh, January. And I think that's a mistake, Matt. What about you? I think it's – well, I always think it's a mistake not to have your champion – you know, Brock is an attraction. He always needs to be booked as an attraction. He does not need to be booked as a champion. The only time you need to book him as a champion is when you want somebody else that really needs that extra boost from that rocket of beating a champion Brock Lesnar, like we thought we were getting with Seth Rollins, where it made sense. But mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense not to have your champion around. Yeah, and, and I mean, they do this every year with Brock. He's always basically gone after the Survivor Series until January. And January, after the playoffs, is when WWE, uh, not after, once the playoffs start, after the regular season is over, is where WWE really starts uh, picking it up after Monday Night Football ends. So it, it's it's what they do every year. It kind of makes sense to me. I, again, if, if if it was me, I would not have Brock have a title when he's never, you know, when he's rarely there. Yep. 
And I think that's the big thing for me too, is that I feel like that brand loses so much. Raw has definitely taken a backseat to, I think, both SmackDown and recently NXT almost um, with the amount definitely of- NXT it has. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think not having a champion on there is part of that taking a backseat. And I, again, coming out of what we saw on Sunday with this great Rey Mysterio Brock Lesnar moment, um, saving him until January. I, I get it though, it's the off season, right? I, th- I think the problem is, remember WCW when Hogan was champion as a heel, the title was still the focal, you know, the, the storyline yeah. focus. Yeah. Like they forget about it, you know, when with Brock when he's yeah. when he doesn't have an upcoming match. It's like doesn't need it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it should still be a part of the storyline. Have these guys wrestle for a number one contendership. Make it, you know, still make the belt mean something as opposed to just forgetting about it until January. Yeah, these guys will come back. I mean, it'll be January, and they'll just advertise Brock for a match against a big name with very little build a lot of times, and I just always think that's unfortunate. The other big piece of news tonight, and Raj, I'm going to have to get your help explaining some of this because it is absolute insanity, but it seems like AEW is being investigated by the Maryland State Athletic Commission. For what? (laughs) (laughs) So do you know Chris Cruz, uh, former WCW announcer? He used to call like a lot of the C shows. Um, I know that name. He would call like uh, what was that? Was that show called that WCW did? Not Saturday Night, but like uh, worldwide. I think. Oh yeah. Um, so he, he he was a WCW announcer. Um, I mean, he wasn't bad, but anyway, so he contacted the Maryland State Athletic Commission regarding the Kenny Omega versus John Moxley match at Full Gear. And why they haven't done anything because of the bleeding in the match. Like the, he said, I guess he's claiming that they intentionally bladed. And so he's wow. been contacting the Maryland State Athletic Commission about investigating AEW uh, for having blading. Um, whether whether they actually did blade or not is not known. Who made this on the long arm of the law, though, is my question. What's that? Who may, is, what is this guy's position, though? So they have uh, Chris Cruz actually mm-hmm. work for some sort of athletic state commission I'm unaware of? No. He just reached out to them. Just randomly? Yeah. So I, there's not this is where I like, you know, there's not an athletic commission or, or pro wrestling doesn't fall under the athletic commission in every state. It's only a certain handful of states, right? Yeah, it's Kentucky's one, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is a weird thing because if you look at the like the list of things that are prohibited by the Maryland State Athletic Commission, this list is wild and wacky. I'm going to read a few of these. Um, you cannot strike an opponent with a fist or using the knuckles, <laughs> scratching or gouging the opponent, um, slamming an opponent to a ring post, striking an opponent with a foreign object, um, stranglehold, pulling hair, inhibiting breathing by covering the nose and mouth at the same time, jumping from the ring ropes onto an opponent, deliberately leaving the ring enclosure during a contest... <laughs> unsportsmanlike or physically dangerous conduct and deliberately lacerating oneself or opponent or by another means introducing human or animal blood into the ring. And it says a wrestler continuing to engage in prohibited activities after sufficient warning may be disqualified by the referee. They wrote this when they thought wrestling was a shoot. (laughs) It must have. I mean, this makes, you know, uh, striking an opponent with a foreign object. Uh, Because the fist thing, that is what the referee's supposed to be telling us. When we're punching the dude in the corner, he's supposed to be separating us sure. and saying none of this. You know, open it up. Open that hand. Open that hand. That's what the way it's supposed to be. You're really not supposed to be able to punch your opponent in the face in pro wrestling, technically. Yeah. I mean, I could see I could see athletic commissions banning blading. You know, blading, you know, with blood and stuff like that, and, you know, with – everything we know about you know diseases that can be spread i could see you know banning blading and and and, you know trying to be careful with blood and wwe does that you know they're they're a lot more careful with blood than obviously than in the past but the the rest of these just make no sense i don't know if it's one of those things where it's just really outdated and they just haven't uh, updated it i honestly got i'm guessing they wrote those when they thought wrestling was a shoot before the cat was out of the bag and this is entertainment i really do because what you just read to me sounds like stuff that we used to have to wrestle when I wrestled for OVW. Mm-hmm. Like the referee would literally, I'm being not, joke, not joking. He would, the announcers would cover for me. If I, if I threw an open, if I threw like an uppercut, like a cane uppercut thrust, Cornette would be very clear to, if I accidentally put a fist, he'd accidentally, he would be very clear to call out that it's a thrust. It's a thrust, a chop to the throat. Or 
the guys in the corner punching and wailing and wailing and wailing on the guy with punches, referee would get in between us and say, I'm going to disqualify you if I don't see you open that hand, which is crazy when you think about it. But, like, opening it, I guess you can punch like this. Hang on. You guys can't see my hand. Right. Demonstration for the podcast. Here we go. Damn laptop across the room in a minute. Um, <laughs> but, anyways, you're supposed to throw an open hand punch, honest to God, in professional wrestling. It's not supposed to be a closed fist. Referee's supposed to be admonishing the person punching the other guy in the corner, telling them that, reminding them that. So, these tell me that these were written when they thought wrestling was a shoe. Wrestling was not yeah. complete entertainment yet. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember that time? Uh, I don't know if you were a fan back then, uh, Matt, in 1988 when Ric Flair wrestled Lex Luger in Baltimore. And that match was stopped because Luger was bleeding. And they stopped the match saying because of the blood from Luger's face, the, Mar- the Maryland Athletic State Commission had uh, stopped the match. I'm pretty sure that was, I don't know if it was a storyline where uh, an angle where they cut, where Luger, Luger bladed uh, so the Maryland State Athletic Commission would stop the match. Or they just blamed it, you know, the angle was just blaming it on the commission. But um, that was the Maryland State Athletic Commission was actually used as the finish for a world title match on a pay-per-view before. That's a sense of realism for what it's worth. This is just like, to me, also just the weirdest thing, too, that we still deal with these athletic commissions in the world of pro wrestling. I feel like the Wild West sometimes, right? Because it's not universal. And they're like, in certain states, you have to get licenses, right, Matt? Like, that was what happened with Impact Wrestling a few years ago. You have to get licenses in certain states, and it's just like, yep. <laughs> it feels way right. behind the times. And WWE ain't gonna want to hear this, but this is why. Do you remember when I told you guys that H? Remember the HBO special came out, the one with Roddy Piper where he was like bashing the company. John Oliver, who ran it? Oh yeah, John yeah, Oliver. Yeah. It's John Oliver. I'm sorry. Yeah. That special came out right about mm-hmm. why w- why wrestling desperately needs a union. Mm-hmm. And- they're shocked that there's not insurance. They're shocked that there's... I told you, I legitimately got called by four state house representatives, three congressmen, two congress congressional candidates that are that were going to be running in 2020, that are going to be running in 2020. Like, you got to be shitting me. Like, are you kidding me? This is really where you came from? They, didn't, they don't have anything like that? That's illegal. You know that, right, Matt? You're, you were considered an independent doctor. And they're trying to, like, take the fight. I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, there ain't nothing you can do about it. Ain't no one ever going to do anything about this. Because Vince will shut them damn doors down is what he always used to claim. If there anybody ever opened up or tried to create a union. I do feel they're going to get there, though. They're going to have no choice from public opinion to a point where it gets that way. And when they do get a union, when they do start doing working with insurance as well, but mainly that union that's when they're going to be able to make legitimate rules for wrestling as far as blood goes, gigging goes, um, chairs go, all that crap goes. They'll have better regulations and rules because there'll be a a representative that will represent the the workers, the boys, the girls. Um, And therefore, they'll be be able to create a more of a a self-structure all across every 50 states here, you know, here in the country. And, and it would be the wrestling aspect side of it, and that's what it needs. Because you heard these prehistoric, like shoot, you know, athletic commission, you know, uh, rules regulations. What you just heard, closed fists. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> of closed fists. No match would ever happen. <laughs> so, so Matt, I got to ask you this, uh, without naming names or anything, but have you ever talked to wrestlers who are against a union, who feel like it's a bad idea? No, it just yeah, I was just seems like unless a top guy is on board and the problem is the top guys make so much money that they, you know, the Hulk Hogan stopped a union from being formed at WrestleMania two. Jesse Ventura was trying to get one going. Yeah, would have been the closest it's ever been. Yeah. And, right. So uh, unless a top guy, but the top guys make so much money that they don't want to rock the boat because so- we're in a day and age, though, where everybody's terrified to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, taking pressure from the media, taking pressure from anybody now, mm-hmm. right? And WWE has showed more times than not they're getting more and more malleable when it comes to outside pressures from society. They've been very obvious with it lately. And in my opinion, they've been Johnny come lately on a lot of them. But they are malleable to them. Um, so I do feel it's coming eventually i do think there'll be a union i really do yeah someone pointing out in the comment section that rhino did say it was a bad idea to have a union recently um 
but uh, you know, outside of a, a few people here and there, for the most part, did he give a reason for that? I don't. <laughs> yeah, let me let me pull that up real quick. Well, um, an example right here. What would have happened to AEW would not have happened if there was a union, because you'd have somebody that would be able to be on the wrestling side of this that comes from wrestling and can clearly explain to the rest of the states that yes, it's a work. And here are the things we really need to be concerned with. We need to be concerned with concussions. We do need to be concerned with blood. But here's some added tests maybe we can do to make sure if there is blood, guess what? These guys are good because they've been tested for this, 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 that, and the other thing. Um, chairs, chair shots, where on the body you can hit someone with those. Um, table, everything. They'll be able to regulate it a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah. So here was Rhino's quote about it. Uh, he said that it would kill the independent scene and a lot of startup promotions. Lots of states in America have commissions and stuff that creates more hoops for them to jump through. And we all know that most companies don't make a lot of money as it is. So to have these extra hurdles would kill a lot of companies. It would kill the charity shows that I run, which cost me at least a grand as, as it is. A union would not be good for wrestlers, fans, or promoters, and it would kill the industry. So, um, it's a classic deregulation argument is what that is. Yeah, and 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 here, but here, here's the thing. At the end of it, though, it's in my opinion, it's coming. I think I think enough. Be, again, WWE has shown to be flex, not bendable and malleable to outside pressures, and this is coming. Some I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to take? Something bad's going to happen, and they're going to have to act on it eventually. Now, what about like uh, as far as we get, we get like five minutes here? So let me ask you this: we, we we don't really talk about this much on the podcast, but as far as health insurance goes, would that would that just get offset if they lower the the contracts for the talent, like how much they're paying them because of the expense with adding health insurance, or take more out of the damn humongous pot? Right. So that just be clear: just because they raise their pay doesn't mean that humongous pot of theirs is not enormous. Still, right. It's still very upside down. As right. far as you know what I mean, what the boys should be truly getting. And plus they get to write a lot of that off. Yeah. The the health expenses. So it's a good point, actually. Well, you just don't have any I mean, a, a true independent contractor, you should have a lot more say and a lot more do than kind of the archaic ways that yes. they're set up to be able to go no, we can't even earn a living afterwards. Like that's that's ridiculous to me. So I had to wear a suit and tie, I had to wear dress clothes on an airplane. I had to be told be there at 12 o'clock, even though the showtime wasn't until 8 o'clock. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but as an independent contractor and I'm painting somebody's house, right? Let's say that's what it is. And the guy tells me I'll be there at 3 o'clock to paint the house. He doesn't start crying if I don't get there at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then fuck me for it. And well, tell Raj, me, Raj, don't tell me crap. So I do. <laughs> hey, you can't tell me to wear overalls. You can't, you, hey, you, I want you to wear overalls. I know way here. And then when you get here, I want you to change and it jams. Like, you can't tell me <laughs> Yeah, it's like Matt. I'm, I'm gonna or, or uh, Michael. I'm gonna need you in a suit while you're live tweeting for the site. <laughs> I mean, you don't need one. I'm, I'm your man. I can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, they 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 tell you who you can talk to, who who you could interview with. Like UFC didn't do that. They would, uh, you know, uh, outside uh, entities could interview. You know, uh, fighters would talk to whoever they wanted. That's another company that's upside down as far as what those gates draw and what those guys and gals get. No, for also, sure. I think Rhino's comment about lack of it, it will hurt the business. And I, I can't argue all of those points. I haven't done enough research, but yeah, it yeah. is hurting competition right now that talents do not have the ability to have a say about where they work whenever they're with WWE. Well, well when you're talking about indies and stuff, I mean, that's like, do all movies have unions or all the, because uh, I think you, you film in certain states where there's they're not unionized, right? Yeah. Or you can do they? some independent know. stuff out that are that's not union and film. Um, if you work with certain studios or whatever, I know it has to be union work. But I think there's a difference in the film industry and union work and non-union work. I, right? I want to say well, I remember uh, first when I did my first show, it wasn't I wasn't given a SAG card at first. I did something called AFTRA. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ex- it wasn't the big SAG that I got yet. It was yeah. a, something smaller, I recall. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> but but my point being, like this, the small indies don't need to use unions. I wouldn't right. think. You know, yeah. just we're talking WWE, the the big yes. time, the big time. Yes. So, right. Well, it's I, like like writing. I mean, there are writers' unions for certain companies and industries, but there's not writers' unions for everything, right? Like it just, yeah. Anyhow, yeah. good conversation, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, it's. It's been talked about for so long. At some point, WWE being on Fox, there's so uh, there's so much more in the public eye. Yeah, exactly. Like as a company, that you know what? 
if people make a stink about it to Fox and put pressure on Fox about it, right. you know, like you got this the show on your network and and the talent are unionized or getting health benefits, it might force them to act. Well, someone's going to have to give because again, just one HBO special and to get was it between I think it was like eleven calls total from people that actually write legislation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I well, wasn't the only episode I got those calls. WWE so bad wants to be the NFL of the world and the whatever else of the world. And those, those companies handle business differently for their workers. And, and that's a, it's a big blight on Vince McMahon's legacy, I think, but who am I? Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Um, thank you everybody for joining us in the chat room. If you're with us live tonight, um, if you are listening in the podcast, thank you guys, please make sure you subscribe, give us a rating. If you don't mind, if you enjoyed what you heard here, um, subscribe on YouTube as well. We appreciate you. Hope you all had a fantastic holiday. Any last words, Raj? Uh, check out the site. Interviews with Haku. Uh, more from our interview with Tony Khan. Um, yeah, just a, a bunch of stuff. Mega Ran, rapper Mega Ran, talking about his new song with uh, Xavier Woods. So uh, check it out. All right, Matt, anything from you before we get off here? All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Raj. He is at Raj Geary underscore 303. He is at BP Morgan. I am at The Real Wiseman. We will be back Monday for our raw post-game show. We'll see you then. That's at BP Matt Morgan. Oh, at BP Matt Morgan. (laughs) All right. All right. Take care, guys. See y'all. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.